And we're back on the Eastern Target Archery podcast with the Secretary General of World Archery, our friend Tom Dillon in Switzerland. Tom, thanks for joining us today. Pleasure, George, as always. Looks like you have had some mixed weather. I was looking at some photos from the World Archery Center, and it was beautiful, covered with snow. And I guess now you're back to uh, more moderate temperatures. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's okay. It's around uh, well, Celsius, uh, 14, 15 degrees. Uh, so uh, the snow has uh, started to disappear again. Uh, hopefully it was the last of the year because uh, for the agricultural section, it's an absolute nightmare, the, the cold weather. So uh, it might be quite short on uh, fruits and things like that this summer. Yeah, but in the meantime, we have uh, some... some uh events coming up in Switzerland, which we're going to talk about in a little while. Uh, let's just start off by talking about the most exciting thing that's happening starting tomorrow, which is going to be qualification in Guatemala. After 18 months, we're finally back on the field of play for a World Cup. It must be an exciting time around world archery today. Absolutely. We are delighted to have uh, it started again. It's, it's not without challenges. Uh, we have some... <laughs> Some uh, last-minute uh, people having to cancel their trip because of uh, a positive test or sometimes even a, a false positive test, but that's how it is these days. Uh, but we will have, uh, for sure, a, a very good competition uh, in Guatemala. I just was on the phone with Guatemala before we spoke, and uh, things look very good. It seems to me that, um, you know, with the Olympic year, of course, uh, the World Cup always gets a boost in participation for those countries that want to take advantage of being able to have their athletes shoot against people that they may very well see in Tokyo. This year, not much of an exception, of course, granted the situation with travel is a little more difficult, but you've got 25 countries and, um, you know, as the, as the event was scheduled, 158 shooters from around the world. And so um, were you surprised that the participation is as good as it is, or were you expecting this? It was, I would say, as expected. We, we had hoped uh, a little few more uh, countries from, from Asia, especially. But uh, I would say the countries from Europe that we were expecting are there. Uh, and uh, I think uh, uh, we will have a, a very a good level competition. Uh, from Asia, we have India with the recurve team, uh, which will for sure will be one of the teams to watch. And then, of course, the U.S. team uh, and, and uh, the typical ones from, from the Americas, uh, Colombia, Mexico. Uh, so and then we'll have a, a very good competition, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. You know, we've got some of the top shooters in the world that will be attending, including Brady Ellison, um, who just shot in Vegas uh, this past weekend, and he's on his way. And... Um, we have Deepika Kumari from India, who uh, is ranked very highly right now. Um, and Deepika and the rest of the Indian team, as you alluded to, uh, they're the ones I'm watching because I think that uh, we are looking at them coming to Tokyo with some serious potential. Uh, Braden Galantine on the compound side, ranked number one in the world. He'll be there. And Alexis Ruiz, the American archer, ranked number one in the world for the compound women. Uh, first time we'll have seen her for a while. And so I believe that we are looking at a very high quality uh, tournament that will be aired around the world on the usual channels, right, Tom? Absolutely. Um, uh, we have a small change in the US. Uh, unfortunately, NBC is no longer broadcasting our event, but we will have uh, 
we will have it in the US and of course uh, we have uh, the YouTube, the Facebooks and so on uh, to watch it. So it should be absolutely no problem to watch it uh, as soon as it's available. Okay, so if, just for our American listeners, can you give us some insight as to the best way to see the action? Well, uh, I think the best way is to, to, to go on our website where the details will be published and then okay. uh, go there. I think that's the best way. And we, we make enough, uh, I would say, uh, links on, our, on, on the Facebook, on, on YouTube and so on. So I think the best way is to have a look at the social media or, or uh, our internet site and then from there follow the link. Very good. So that's worldarchery.sport. Worldarchery.sport is the World Archery website and the details of how to anywhere in the world you can uh, you can get access to either the results or even some of the live streaming that will be taking place toward the end of the week. Yep. Um, with this event starting, um, we get quickly relatively into a number of events and the next one is going to be where you are. Yes, uh, we are excited to, to welcome the archers uh, for the first time for a major international event after the World Master, Ga- uh, Master Championships, which we had uh, uh, close now three years ago. Uh, but uh, it's, it's exciting to have the, the top-level athletes there uh, for the second stage. Right? Of course, uh, our initial plan was to be in Shanghai, and, and we are always delighted to go to Shanghai. But unfortunately, it was not possible because of, of COVID travel restrictions. And so we will welcome people in Lausanne. Uh, it will be, uh, the finals will be at our center, the elimination and qualifications just next to the center. So it's going to be, uh, we are very excited to welcome people in Lausanne. And uh, it's, um, it's going to be fun. Yes, absolutely. And then um, the schedule continues. Uh, with some momentum uh, with the 15th season of the World Cup, uh, then moving on to the next location. Yeah, which is uh, Paris, which is the, which is quite interesting because it's also the host of the next Olympic Games after Tokyo, and uh, it will be the final qualifier for Tokyo. So we're making a, a fantastic link between the current host and the next host of the Olympic Games. And uh, uh, Paris uh, looks also, we had a press conference with the organizers uh, last week and the, the city authorities of, of Paris, and it looks very promising. Uh, it's, an, it's a nice venue. Unfortunately, we had to make, again, some compromises because of COVID, and we can't have the special finals venue that was anticipated, but we will have a great venue in the Chalet Stadium and uh, a yeah, very promising uh, set of matches coming up the first weekend with the Olympic qualification and then the second weekend with the World Cup uh, stage three. Yes. And just to be clear, the Olympic qualification, the final qualifying tournament for the Olympic Games is a separate event from the standpoint of the calendar, uh, which is very convenient because it means that basically the compound shooters won't have to sit around for two days while some other things go on. Uh, yes. It, it streamlines everything for everybody. It, it makes it much better than what we did in the past, uh, like I said, for the compounds that they can concentrate on, on their competition and not have to uh, watch and observe uh, the Rikia vouchers, that's for sure. And also, I think it's, a, it's a, a fairer way because we don't have the, also the challenge that we had uh, in the last two editions where teams had to announce who were the three competing for the Olympic qualifier and, and, and make decisions on who the fourth one that could only compete in the World Cup. So now it's 
three for the Olympic qualifying and four for the World Cup. So there is not that uh, discussion anymore. The current medical situation, of course, is highly variable around the world. And, you know, just like last year when we were talking around this time, we, we don't know what to anticipate. But um, will it be easier for WA athletes to, I know it's not required, but will it be easier for them overall, do you think, to participate in events going forward if they can get back, uh, vaccinated? Uh, for sure, for the future, it will make it much easier. There is no discussion. Uh, at the moment, there is still some, I would say, uh, uncertainty if it, if it uh, allows you easier to travel. But for sure, it will help. And, and uh, we are very much encouraging our athletes to do it as soon as possible. Um, well, uh, we, we just uh, uh, looking at, I would say, most of our staff will get vaccinated. Uh, I'm up for vaccination uh, very soon from now because... I'm old enough to be on the list here now. Uh, and um, for sure, it will be helpful. And it will take away also a lot of the anxiety of, of travel because uh, uh, it doesn't 100%, uh, I would say, prevent any positive test, uh, as far as I understand, especially just after taking it. But uh, it for sure will reduce the risk. And less risk is less anxiety. And you can concentrate on the sport and on having a test. That's an excellent point. I think that the, uh, the, the mental game could be stronger if you uh, have that security. You know, uh, I think that that is a consideration that uh, uh, is one of the reasons why WA is recommending that at this time. Moving on to uh, some other developments back to the World Cup. Uh, the Korean team has announced, as they often do during the Olympic year, that they are not going to be participating at a high level, uh, you know, or, you know, they're, they won't be doing much besides preparing for the Olympic Games. And one of the things that they're going to forego is participation in the World Cup. However, uh, the World Cup has an extra route for the final for participation. And that means that the winners of the Olympic Games, the men's individual and the women's individual, will automatically get an invitation which means that there is a reasonable amount of chance that uh, we might see at least one Korean in the final. Well, George, let, let's put it this way. Yes, that chance exists, but uh, at the same time, I wonder in how much I would say the factor of not doing any major competition might be a serious disadvantage for them competing in the games. Because in the past, they've always done at least one or two World Cup stages before the Olympics. Now not doing any international event except perhaps the event they're organizing in their home country in June uh, will create additional stress because I think every archer that is competing knows that you need that competitive rhythm and, and uh, the Olympics already being special and especially this time where uh, the athletes that will compete at events like Lausanne and uh, Paris will go through some kind of bubble experience, which will be even stronger, of course, in Tokyo. But the fact that they will already be in some kind of, I would say, restrictive environment will give, in my opinion, an advantage to the athletes participating there in comparison with athletes that will not have had that experience and then arrive in Tokyo and suddenly you can't move as you would normally move. You can't uh, go out in the evening for a walk like you would like to walk. And things like that. So there is, 
there is certain elements that will give a benefit for the people doing the actual stages that won't be available for Korea and, and some other Asian countries as well that are not participating in the World Cup stages. I agree. I think that's a very important point. I, I believe that uh, there is a great risk in jumping into the pool cold, as it were, um, when they arrive in Japan. And I think that uh, it is questionable as to whether it's a good idea to just avoid everything until the games. Because the reality is, um, as you alluded to, there is a competitive rhythm that has to be developed, uh, even for Korea. And there's no assurance that they're June event is actually going to be um, able to be done with the restrictions in their own country. So um, I guess we'll see, but it is a risk that they're taking and, and arguably, I would say unnecessarily because everybody else is participating and uh, it will give everybody else an advantage. It could actually have an impact in Tokyo. Yeah, also, and also I think the other thing is that uh, you will have other athletes arriving in Tokyo having one events. Um, and therefore being mentally boosted, uh, whereas um, uh, normally they might have, have been beaten by the Koreans in the events going to the Olympics. So this is, this is another factor I think that will play a role, and uh, uh, I will have to wait and see. I, I, it's, it's, it's going to be a completely unpredictable season. That, that is very clear, because we have no reference. Uh, we, we have some results from certain tournaments, but we've also seen, for instance, in, in the Antalya uh, World Ranking event a few days ago, where uh, the typical archers that you would expect were doing really well in the ranking rounds. But the moment match play came around, where I think competition rhythm is really important, suddenly they were uh, faltering. And okay, people were saying, oh, it's windy and so on. But there were people that you would expect in the winter have done well in the winter were not doing well. Correct. Including... Um people who were from Turkey, you know, like Mete, um, yeah. who is very experienced on that field of play. Um, you know, it's, it's a different thing when that whistle blows on the, uh, on the ranking round versus the head to head and uh, getting that head to head competition after 18 months is a really important thing. I think the more, more opportunities people have, the, the wiser they are to take them in this particular situation. Let me uh, shift gears for a second here and and turn something around. The uh, last week, uh, Chris Wells from WA had gotten in touch with me and a number of other folks um, to give some opinions of who we are watching most closely uh, as this first stage of the season begins in Guatemala. So, if you don't mind, I'd like to turn those some of those <laughs> questions around on you. Um, oh dear. You know. Who are you watching uh, as the first stage begins? Well, I would say the typical ones. Uh, it's clear that we want to see how both uh, Brady and Sarah are doing in their, in their possible lead-up to another title uh, in the World Cup final. It's clear that we're watching those two. Uh, then, um, interesting to watch as well, uh, Nicolas Damour from Virgin Islands, who did exceptionally yes. well in Antalya and, and see how he's doing on his own continent, knowing that he unfortunately did not uh, compete that well in, in Monterey, but he's, he's definitely uh, another one to, to watch uh, in the week of men. Uh, then um, interesting as well is what the Dutch team, how the Dutch team is doing. We, we've seen they were very much uh, on target uh, 
I would say in, in 19 qualifying, but since then it's been a little bit, okay, they've done reasonably well in the World Series, but could have been better. And uh, I will be interested to see how they are doing. Um, French team as well uh, could be important to watch. Um, and um, yeah, uh, this, this the thing is we, we're going really into uh, a competition with, with not so much certainty on, on who you would expect up front. And uh, weather, I don't know how the weather will evolve. In, in, apparently at the moment it's quite nice, but uh, we'll see how the weather evolves. And um, yeah, um, we'll see some great results, I think. Um, who knows? Uh, is it time for another 700? We'll see. Yes. Uh, you know, you touched on the French team. Uh, the French recurve women's team is largely being rebuilt as we speak. And of course, with only three years left to Paris, I, I mentioned that I thought that this might be a good opportunity to see what kind of progress they're making and, and are capable of. Uh, Germany is another one. Uh, the, the German recurve women's team, um, I, I guess Lisa Unruh is still competing, but uh, we've seen the retirement of... Um, a couple of shooters who have been very strong in the past for Germany. And um, so some of the recurve redevelopment, shall we say, is taking place there. So that'll be an interesting thing to see as well. Yeah, I think uh, well, Lisa for sure is still there. They, they have some, some good, uh, I would say, uh, uh, women that have been performing well uh, in the indoor um, the French team, uh, Lisa Babelin is on fire at the moment. Uh, yes. Yeah, she, she won in, in Porridge. She was second in, in Antalya. Uh, she, she is definitely the, the driver of that team. And uh, I, I can't see her not getting a place in Antalya at the Europeans. Uh, so uh, it's uh, it, it definitely, it's, 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 it, the women's team in France is, is definitely uh, doing well. Uh, the men's team um, has its ups and downs, but I think they will get there as well. Um, it will be the first time to see the team competition as well. It's, we haven't had team competitions in the, in the World Ranking Tournaments so far. Uh, so that will be interesting to watch as well. Um, turning our thoughts to Tokyo, the Prime Minister of Japan has been visiting the United States in the past few days, and he stated unequivocally the games are moving forward. They are absolutely on, that, that there's no longer talk, uh, just has been, you know, reported in certain media in the past few days uh, that, you know, that, that potential for cancellation is still there. He shut that right down. There's, there's no longer discussion of any kind as far as uh, the leader of Japan is concerned for anything to stop what's happening uh, in Tokyo. So I, I'd like to get your perspective on where we're at with uh, our event and uh, any updates you might have about uh, where things stand from, uh, our competition uh, and its scheduled start, uh, which is actually even before the actual opening ceremony for the games. Yes, 23rd of July, we start shooting arrows uh, at the field and uh, we're making good progress uh, with uh, several areas which were still, I would say, under discussion. Uh, we had several things coming from the test tournament in 2019, which sounds like a, a century ago. And uh, we... Um, we have, uh, in principle, our, our very experienced technical delegate uh, in terms of, of Olympics, uh, Sebastian Flut, is, is scheduled to go there early June. 
to do an, an, a, a last checking before the event. And uh, you will be very much looking at things like the artificial light that we will have in place uh, for um, uh, the, the night sessions. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's looking good. Uh, Yuko and her team are doing really well. Uh, the sad thing, of course, is that there will be no international spectators. Uh, that is, uh, I would say, heartbreaking for, for many of the athletes that they can't have their friends and family on the stands cheering for them. But uh, I know IOC and, and Tokyo 2020 are looking at uh, making uh, some kind of uh, social media interaction and, and, and other things to, to get the friends and family involved in some way. And uh, it, it, will, it will be different Olympics, but for sure for the ones uh, that, that uh, go there for, for their first Olympics, it will be definitely a, a very special experience. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, we will start on 23rd of uh, July and finish on the 31st. And we will have five gold medalists. Yes, because the, the other exciting aspect of these games is, of course, the first time we'll have mixed team medalists. First time we've had added medals to our events since the introduction of the team round back in 1988. So this is a very exciting aspect of that. You touched on something um, that I hadn't thought about, and that is nighttime, potential for nighttime shooting. Can you give us some more information on that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not the first time we've had it uh, already. No, true. We had it in, in Beijing as well. but uh... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that, okay, because of the fact that the, the sun goes down quite quickly, uh, we need uh, some uh, artificial lights, especially in the elimination rounds. It's not so much in the finals rounds, but in the elimination rounds, we will need it because otherwise we don't have enough time to do all the matches. Uh, knowing right. that in Olympics, matches are shot one after the other and not consecutively, either not uh, at the same time, simultaneously. So, um, yeah, we need we need artificial light and uh, all athletes will also have two what is called familiarization sessions where they are able to uh, practice on the field of play uh, during a day session and a night session. So they are able to adjust their side because I think... Uh, People know that uh, shooting under artificial light, and especially when light is changing, is not the same as shooting in daylight. Well, hopefully we won't see a situation like we saw in Beijing, where not only did we have artificial light, but we had heavy rain at the same time. <laughs> that was a challenge. Now, let's put it this way. The weather forecast that so far has been received is not brilliant. I, would, I wouldn't, uh, I would say if you have to make a choice between a rain jacket and a pair of shorts, I would go for the rain jacket. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in Japan, as you know, and I will say that that time of year, you absolutely need to be prepared for just about anything from blazing sunshine to typhoon rains. But uh, fortunately, it's well before typhoon season per se, so I don't think we'll have that as an issue. But certainly the potential for rain is there. And uh, I'd be surprised if it didn't rain, uh, to be honest. And so hopefully... Uh, Olympians who are preparing uh, understand that and uh, will recognize that they need to not just practice with uh, their normal clothing, but perhaps make sure they sort out their rain gear before they get there. That would be a very good piece of advice, yes. All right. Well, Tom, I think that I'm going to finish up by asking you the same question that, that Chris asked me and a few other people, and that is, 
what are you the most excited about with the resumption of our season? The smile on the face of Archer shooting an arrow. Perfect answer. Tom Dillon, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us for the podcast today. Um, as Guatemala uh, wraps up toward the uh, end of next week, I want to get back in touch with you again and, and do a recap of the event and also, um, you know, a preview of Lausanne and some other things. So thanks for taking the time today. Pleasure as always, George.